0: Good morning. morning. Okay, better. All right, this is a wonderful day God has given to us, and we want to study uh, once again the Word of God. uh, And uh, today I have entitled my subject, The Fulfillment of God's Plan. And uh, you will see why I talk about the fulfillment of God's plan uh, when we go through the Word. Let me read from the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, and verse 7. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. The Bible tells us he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his Son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. And uh, I want to take you to the Old Testament, the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 12, verse 8. I have heard what he said, but I did not understand what it meant. So I asked How will all this finally end, my Lord? But he said, Go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. But the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means." Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity for us to be together once again and study your word. And Lord give us understanding. Give us insight. Give us a wider scope of understanding than we had before. Lord Jesus, we praise you for all that you are doing in our world, all that you are doing in our lives. And we give you honor for that. So Lord Jesus, we pray that you open up your word to us so that we can hear and understand in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, uh, Daniel was a mighty prophet of God, a true prophet. And uh, he had amazing insights in uh, the plans of God because God told him a lot of details about end times, about what is still come, coming to, to take place. And yet there are certain things Daniel said, this is too much for me. You know, I, I can't get it. What you are saying, I, I hear the words, but I can't get the meaning. And you know, sometimes we are in the same position. Sometimes we hear the word, but we don't really fully understand what it means. And of course, Daniel, who was living hundreds of years before Christ came, was finally told by the Lord, don't worry, this is a word that is being sealed. It is actually kept to the end. It is too difficult for you to get it now. And so let us understand, you know, the word of God is progressively unveiling. Not everything can be understood at every moment or at every time. You see, there were, there were things that we can understand today that were not understood, you know, during the days of... Uh, uh, the, the, the prophets, or even during the days of the disciples, because the revelation is something that is ongoing. You know, when John, uh, the disciple, was able to have an inside look into many of the happenings of the end days in the book of Revelation, and he wrote this down. Even he was totally overwhelmed. He wrote down what he saw, he he was trying to describe what he was able to hear, but what he saw was beyond his vocabulary. You know, he could not describe everything that he was able to witness and see because at that time there were no words for that. And so we must understand, you know, as we are coming closer to the very destiny that God is leading us into, we will be able to have a wider scope. And you know, that's the reason why we have to continue studying the word, continuing to understand what God is saying to us, because what we knew 20 years ago or 40 years ago may just be a thing of the past. It may be that God has given us new revelation, which gives us a deeper understanding of what Is happening today so Daniel was clearly told this is kept secret until the time of the end and you know it could be that this is the time in which we live today the time towards the end but then one thing that comes out very clearly is that God said to him many will be purified you know many things many happenings that Daniel describes were quite frightening were quite uh, disturbing but God says, through this, many will be purified, many will be cleansed, and many will be refined by those trials. The wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. But those who are wise will know what it means. And so God gives us wisdom when we humble ourselves before him, when we, when we are coming to him, With an open heart to learn and understand the very word that he is revealing to us. Now, what is happening or what has happened to Jesus was not an accident. We must understand that, okay? The the Bible tells us very clearly in the book of Ephesians that there was a mysterious plan in operation that God has made even before the foundation of the world. You know, Ephesians goes into these details, uh, not just talking about what happened yesterday or what was told to the to the uh, prophets uh, like Daniel or Isaiah, but he goes. Paul goes even beyond that and he speaks about that which was revealed or which which he could be able to understand before the world was created, before the foundation of the world, and. Uh, what he is able to see, what he is able to understand is that God had a plan from the very, very beginning. So things that are happening in God's economy are not happening by accident, but they are happening according to a well-devised plan despite all of the uh, wickedness and the evil that we may see in this world. So therefore, Jesus does not need our pity, okay, because... He was not accidentally nailed to the cross. Actually, he came for the very reason to go to that cross. That was his plan from the very, very beginning. We as human be- beings, may, we may not have understood that. And there are a lot of people today who may not understand you know, what really happened. You know, I have heard many people telling me, you know, oh, Jesus was a good man, but unfortunately, you know, uh, he was nailed to a cross. Well, fortunately, he was nailed to a cross, because without that, we would not be here. There wouldn't be a church. There wouldn't be salvation. There wouldn't be a future for any one of us. So it was not an accident. It was not something that you know, overtook him without realizing what was going on. No, Jesus came into this world for this very reason, to lay down his life as a sacrifice for our sin. Now, when Jesus came, he was the righteous in an unrighteous world. And through his life, through his actions, he shows us our lost state. You know, he shows us that really, as human beings, we have become prisoners of sin. But then he also shows us that love is stronger than hatred. Stronger than sin. You know, ever since Adam and Eve fell into sin, people were in bondage. They could not come out of that bondage on their own. Even so, God gave them a free space around them. Uh, God covered their nakedness and showed them that I will not give up on you. I will still come through for you. But nevertheless, you know, man has been and is still a prisoner of sin For those of uh, the people who are not following the ways of God, you know, there is no freedom of sin and unrighteousness without the liberty that we find in Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible tells us very clearly that love is stronger than hatred and sin, you know. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 7, once again, he is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. He is rich in kindness and grace. You know, we we know that God is love, okay? Uh, Love is a word that is very stretched these days. You know, it can mean all kinds of things. But when we go into scripture and we talk about the love of God, which has a specific name, that is the agape, okay, which we translate in love, but there are other words in the Greek which are also meaning love but in, in, in our translations, but they have different words. But agape is the love of God. And the love of God was up to the task to deal with our failure, with our sin, with our unrighteousness, and God decided to do exactly that. So he was not mad at mankind because we turned against him. He was not angry and says, okay, I've got nothing to do with you anymore. I tried my best. No, to the contrary, he did everything necessary in order to bring us back to himself. God knew that we could not save ourselves. It was impossible for us to come out of the predicament in which we fell through the sin and unrighteousness that uh, came into this world through Adam and Eve, and ever since has had all of us in its grip. But that's why God sent his son. The Bible tells us clearly, for God so loved the world, okay? And that is the agape love, okay? It's not, it's not okay, I must feel good, then I can make you feel good also. No, God came to love us when it cost him his own life. When he cost him his very best. The father gave his son. The son gave his life. So that we will have life as well. God loved us so much. That he was willing to give the best. And Jesus loved us so much. That he himself became the object of judgment. Okay. Now, we must understand God is a righteous God, okay? But also God is a loving God. And these are two uh, traits in God that are conflicting when it comes to us human beings. Because he loves us, he wants to see us saved. But because he's God of righteousness, he must judge our sin, okay? There's no other way. God has to judge because if he doesn't judge then he will compromise his righteousness, and that he cannot do. Now, God found a way to do both, which, you know, ordinarily one would say is impossible. But God did both. He loved us, and he also judged our sin without taking us into the judgment ourselves. So, we must understand throughout the Bible, we see one very important principle, and that is that God will have to come through in judgment. You know, and we have seen judgment happening in many different uh, places in the Bible. You know, throughout the history of the Bible, we see judgment. Judgment means really separation. God separates those who are following the ways of God and those who are remaining in their sin and their wickedness. Because God is not judging without warning first. You know, if you look at the days of Noah, uh, God saw the world had become wicked, uh, exceedingly wicked, so that there was no other way but bringing judgment. But at the same time, God loved the people, even so they were wicked. And so he found one man who... The Bible says, found grace in the eyes of God because he lived a different life from everybody else. That was Noah. And Noah was given a message, a message of uh, redemption, a message of uh, a future. And that message of the future was the ark. Okay? The ark was a ship. Okay, It was a boat uh, in which uh, God told Noah to enter eventually when it was done. Uh, together with the animals that God was uh, preparing and and making them to enter. But during the time that Noah was building the ship, the Bible tells us that he was a preacher of righteousness. So he was telling people that God had prepared the ark as a place of refuge, as a place of salvation. And you know, the ark is a, is a type of Christ. It points to Jesus, our Lord. If we are in him, then we will not come into judgment. And this was the message of Noah to his time. If you come into my ark, then you will not be facing the judgment that God has decided to bring over the world. Unfortunately, Noah didn't have any converts apart from his own wife and his own sons. Otherwise, nobody was willing to follow his invitation of entering into the place of refuge, into the ark of God. Now, Noah had relatives, for sure. You know, he must have had, uh, you know, uncles and aunties and, you know, uh, maybe nephews and nieces and many other uh, people who were closer to him, but not one of them, not one of them decided that it was worthwhile for them to heed the call to righteousness and enter into the ark of God where righteousness was prepared for mankind. Now that's amazing. And of course we see the same thing has happened many, many other times. You know, I I don't want to go into more uh, examples but you know there are many times when God brought judgment but God will never bring judgment before he has not given an opportunity for people to hear the good news and respond to the good news and come out of judgment that's the amazing thing that we see in the way God deals with us human beings that he has made with love and great care Now, Jesus came into this world to be made sin. The one who never knew any sin, he was made sin on our behalf because he carried our sin. And he walked into the place of judgment, and that was the cross of Calvary. And judgment was carried out when Jesus was nailed to the cross. Now, as I said, this was not an accident. Okay, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that the cross was decided upon even before the foundation of the worlds. Okay, so God had all of these things lined up. And he had this plan because he didn't want us to perish, but to have everlasting life. So the plans of God are totally amazing. And of course, uh, for some people who may not really think much about God, there may be a surprise what, what should there be so special about god 's plants well god 's plants are special you know if you 're just looking at creation you know if you are just looking at the, uh, the the complexity of a human body or if you look at creation as a whole the the the, the complexity of of so many uh, creatures that God has created or the the complexity of, of all the uh, the you know the, the, the way things work together for, for the good of creation, whether it's uh, in the climate or everywhere else. You know, these days uh, we are talking about climate change a lot, and we are now realizing that many of the uh, the adverse weather conditions that we are facing. You know, in some places droughts, like we have faced them uh, in Zambia quite uh, quite a while. You know, and in other places floods. Uh, in such a way that, uh, you know, everything is swept away and even houses are being destroyed. That is a result of uh, bringing things out of balance. And, you know, we human beings, because we do not heed the voice of God, because we do not want to hear what God is advising us, we just do our things which feel, you know, uh, we have a right to do this. You know, we, we are very selfish as human beings, and that's why we are not really listening to the advice of God. The result is that we are coming to face calamities that we cannot handle anymore, okay? That are far beyond our limitations. You know, we have had these fires which swept whole forests away. You know, we had floods on the other hand which which made people flee and, and, and some of them never go back to where they used to be before. And that is not just, you know, uh, limited to one particular place in this world, but it's now a worldwide phenomenon. You can see this happening in many different countries. So when we are bringing stuff out of the balance in which God has put everything, this is the result. But nevertheless, I've got good news for you. You know, God does not hold against us, that we have turned away from him. But to the contrary, he will do everything possible to convince us that he still has open arms for us to come back to him, that he will still invite us to be part of his wonderful plans as we go ahead. So remember, God is a good God, okay? Okay. But he is a righteous judge also. And he can't change that because that is the nature of God. He cannot compromise himself who he is. Okay? Now since Jesus died on that cross, we live in a time of grace. And you know, every time before judgment there is grace. Now the Bible very clearly pronounces that these kind of things that we are seeing happening in our world today, like earthquakes, you know, flooding, uh, uh, the the many types of uh, famines, these are things that the Bible has talked about. Knowing that we are going to bring this world out of balance. God was not unaware of that. But uh, God has given us grace. And of course, it's good when people come to their senses and realize that we have to do something about what we have damaged, but we must also understand that God wants us to come to repentance. And the Bible tells us that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Okay, so God is busy convincing us that it is better to walk with him than walk against him or walk on our own in our sinful ways. So Jesus sent his disciples into all the world to redeem the lost because we live in a time of grace, because his love is greater than his desire to bring judgment. Now we understand from scripture, from even what Jesus said himself, that at the end of this period of grace, when everybody can be able to hear, and the Bible tells us very clearly that every nation has to hear the gospel. The gospel has to be preached all around the world, and I think we are almost as close to fulfilling that as we could ever uh, you know, have seen it in the past. You know, In the past, maybe that was not so much possible, but today, we see the gospel being preached all around the world. You know, through Uh, messengers that go there in person but also through the radio waves and television ways now the gospel is present all over everywhere. And God said this, that before he comes that message must run throughout the world. And it shows his grace. It shows that he loves us. But that does not mean That judgment will never come, okay? Like in the Bible, we see some examples where people say, no, the world has always been like this. Don't talk like this. You know, uh, the world will just continue. Well, the world doesn't always continue as in the past or as usual. In fact, if we go into the history of mankind, then we see that sometimes it brought judgment into this world. Now, the hatred against Jesus was the evil one fighting against the Son of Man who came to establish righteousness in these worlds. Now, we must understand that the devil has always got plans to destruct the good uh, intention that God has. He did it from the very beginning, right when God created Adam and Eve, the devil tried his best to derail the plan of God. And unfortunately, because God gave man a free will, God didn't remove Satan from, from the scene because man needed to make a decision on his own or on her own. Her own. Okay? God wanted man to be like him, like God himself. Now, God is a free will being. Okay? He can decide whatever he wants. But of course, God will not decide certain things. You know, God can never be evil, God can never lie, God can never do any wrong. And of course, God would have loved that we follow in his footsteps, but he had to give us the opportunity to make our own decision. And that's why there was that tree in the garden that God says, do not eat from it, because it was a test, okay? That test had to be there. And, you know, that test is there in our lives as well. God gives us the opportunity to decide whether we want to, you know, humble ourselves and follow him or whether we want to turn against him. It's our choice. Because God will not want anyone to be in his family that has decided that he wouldn't want to be there. God wants only those who are coming by a free will. Now, since the whole world had fallen into darkness and sin, the result was that the whole world had turned away from God and couldn't come back into the presence of God. It was impossible for man to overcome the barrier of sin. You know, before man fell into sin, the Bible tells us that God and the first creatures, Adam and Eve, they were able to have fellowship with each other they were able to interact with one another but once sin happened that was no longer possible man could no longer come to god in fact man started running away from god okay the bible tells us that the moment they realized what they had done they felt naked okay they lost their the presence of god in their life they lost their covering god over their bodies the moment they realized that they went into hiding, they ran away from God. And thankfully, God, despite them not being able to come to God, God came to them. And that was already a prophecy of how salvation became possible. Okay? Now, unfortunately, they did not repent on that day, but God still showed them how they could be covered how they would be acceptable in the presence of God. You know, they had made this uh, closing of fig fig leaves, trying to show that, you know, they could cover themselves somehow. And that's what I call the beginning of religion. Okay, religion is always man's quest to cover our, our, you know, our nakedness, our sinfulness. And God said, this is not possible. You can't do this. And so God demonstrated the only way they could become acceptable to God once again. And so God killed innocent animals. Okay, The animals did not sin. It was man who sins. But God showed with that action that for you to come back to me, for you to be cleansed again from our unrighteousness and sin, someone else has to shed blood on your behalf. Someone who is righteous. And of course, that someone who is righteous pointed to the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, you know, whom we know as our Savior and Lord in the New Testament. But in the Old Testament, God already showed them that Lamb of God, okay? that innocent animal. And of course, that became a practice throughout the Old Testament time That people were reminded that they could not become righteous before God through their own actions, through their own religion, but only through the grace of God. And God showed them the plan that He had. You know, we must always discover the plan of God. God does not do things anyhow, haphazardly. God is not just reacting to a problem, uh, you know, with with some kind of. you know, like that we human beings, sometimes we react uh, out of effect. You know, we, we do things which later on we regret. God doesn't do that, okay? God plans things very well. So the plan of salvation was laid down even before man sins, okay? God had a plan. The Bible tells us so. Even before the foundation of the world, God had a plan of what to do when men will 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 sin and walk away from him. And that plan was put into action. Okay? God showed man how he could come out of his uh, lost state, out of his slavery to sin, and come back to the living gods. So we had all become... Evil. We have taken part of the nature of the evil one, the wicked one. That is the devil. And of course, that explains why our world is the way it is, even up to today. That's explaining why the world is breaking down, You know why, why we are able to manage to destroy the good creation of God. Because God created everything in a beautiful and wonderful balance, including you and me. But then when we get out of balance, you know, we, have, we are going through depressions, we have got fear, we have got the, all kinds of challenges in our lives. And our world is out of balance as well, as we can see what is happening around us. Now, that is not the end for God. Actually, God's plan was at work. Okay? God's plan was able to be carried out, not by any human being, but it could only be carried out by God himself. Just like God came to visit Eve and Adam after they fell into sin and showed them you know, that, their, that their covering of uh, fig leaves was not good enough, and then gave them better clothing, which the, 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 the two human beings did not participate in. It was God himself who covered them. Okay, and that shows to us that God Himself is working hard to cover our sin, to forgive us and our, our unrighteousness. Now the Bible tells us that Jesus knew every man. Okay, He knew us, he knew us very well. And uh, in the book of uh, John, chapter twenty-two, the Bible tells us, in, in the book of John two, rather, in verse twenty-three. The Bible says that some people believed in him, you know, after he was uh, uh, having the the word of God proclaimed, but that Jesus did not trust them because he knew all about people. You know, it's very interesting that uh, some people were saying, "We are believing, we are believing," but Jesus did not entrust his life into them because. A little later, in John chapter 6, you find out that many of those who believed were actually annoyed with him, angry with him, and walking away from him. So that at the end of the day, there were only his 12 disciples remaining over, and he says, do you also want to go? And Peter said, where can we go? It's only you who have words of eternal life. So Peter had understood, only here we find the plan of God that has a good plan, Destiny for us human beings. Okay? Now, even Peter sometimes failed. Other disciples failed. And we all failed. But Jesus never, never fails. Okay? He followed his plan. And he works out his plan for good. Now, let me show you, in one or two scriptures, uh, how we should understand that plan of God. Okay, in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 24, that was uh, the time, you know, uh, when Jesus had just been crucified and the people were so hopeless now because uh, their Messiah, their Lord, had been taken away from them. And the Bible tells us in the book of Luke 24, verse 13, that same day, two of Jesus' followers we were walking to the village of Emos, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. Hey, this is amazing, you know. So make sure that you get that point. You never walk alone, even if you are not a Liverpool fan. Okay, you never walk alone. God is always there. Okay, so uh, the Bible tells us here clearly that Jesus was walking with them. But God kept those two disciples from recognizing him, and he asked, he asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk, walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about the things that, happened, that have happened in these last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened in, to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet who did powerful miracles and who was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all of the people. But our leading priests, And other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then Jesus said to them, You foolish people. Hey, you know, the stranger comes, walks with you, and then he says, You foolish people. What would you have thought? Okay, how would you have reacted? Maybe would have gotten so annoyed to say, get out. You know what, we didn't call you to walk with us. But you know, Jesus had grace. Grace to confront issues. And that's why I think they were, they were continuing listening. So Jesus said, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scripture. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Now listen carefully. This is what I I really want to underline here. God did everything according to his plan. And his plan was not something that just haphazardly came into being. This was laid out throughout the the history of uh, the people of Israel, and even before. And it was written in the Old Testament. You know, over a period of 1,500 years or even longer when the Old Testament was written, there were so many prophecies. Okay? Uh, you know, there are more than 500 prophecies about, about the life of Christ in one way or the other in the Old Testament about Christ. You know, Christ himself, when he, when he was born, it was... It was already fulfillment of prophecy. He was born in the place which was prophesied. He was born by a woman that was a virgin that was prophesied. He was born in Bethlehem that was prophesied. And so many other things. Amazing. Okay? So nothing was left to chance. You so many times when things don't work out very well, then we become frantic. You know, we become under pressure, and we do all kinds of things. Jesus never did that, so. Okay? Jesus had a good plan from the very beginning to the end. And so, you know, when things don't work out the way you think they should, don't lose your composure. Just have faith in God because God has a plan, a perfect plan. Okay, so Jesus says this. Wasn't it clearly predicted or prophesied that a Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus, and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he was going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us, since it is getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly, suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. At that moment, he disappeared. And they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Now, this is amazing. Jesus broke the bread. And in fact, what he was doing, he was just demonstrating what was happening to his life. Because he is the bread of life. Okay, he showed them, you know, even with his marks in his hands, he was breaking that bread. And so when they saw that, then they realized. Their eyes were open and suddenly they began to understand. While they were walking with him on the road, they couldn't get it. They couldn't understand it. You know, they were full of of fear and full of uh, sorrow because they couldn't understand that God has a plan. And you know, today there are many people in in the kingdom of God who don't understand that God has a plan. You know, we go to church, we hope, you know, I mean, you hear this all the time, people are saying, I hope things will work okay. Somehow I hope things will be fine. Actually, you should not hope only, of course, hope is important, you know, because hope is one of the things that that we should, uh, uh, you know, really build in our lives. But you should hope together with faith, okay? Paul explains to us there are three things that remain, okay? That is what? Hope, faith, and love. And love, of course, is the greatest So, you know, some people, they say, I hope. But their hope is not the hope of the Bible. Their hope is the hope of maybe things will work out. Okay? Now, maybe you have written an examination, and you know you have done very bad. And then somebody comes and says, how did it go? And you say, "Mm, I hope. (laughs) That's not the Bible hope. You understand? The Bible hope is grounded on A firm foundation. Just like faith is grounded on a firm foundation. You know, what we call hope sometimes is just guessing. And sometimes it's bad guesswork. Okay? You know you have failed, but you are saying, I hope. But when you hope in the Lord, you are not failing. You are going to see the greatness of his work. So what we can see here is that God is working things out in a powerful way according to his plan. Things are not happening by accident. They are happening by his design. Ephesians chapter 111 tells us, Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. Okay, everybody say advance. Okay, when is advance? Is advance tomorrow? No, advance is in the past, isn't it? God chose us in advance some time ago. In fact, a long time ago, as the Bible tells us, even before the foundation of the world. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. He makes everything work out according to his plan. I think this this is a message that we need to hold on for our own lives. You know, sometimes we are in limbo. Sometimes we are hanging into, in a place where we don't know how life will continue tomorrow. But the Bible says he works out everything according to his plan. You know, what the world means for evil, what the devil means for evil, what your enemies means for evil, he will turn it into good. This is one thing that Joseph had to had to testify about in his life. He told his brothers, you brought me, you sold me to, to Egypt, but what you sought for evil, God turned it for good. Amen? And the very, the very brother they sold to get rid of him, to you know, deal with him in a, in, a, in a wicked way, God turned him around to become their savior. And thank God, he became their savior. He did not retaliate. And thereby, he is another Type of Christ, who shows us the nature of the love of God. I mean, Joseph had all the power to retaliate and deal with his brothers once and for all, and nobody would have even given anything for them. Okay, nobody would have known anything about it. But no, Joseph was a type of Jesus Christ. You know, he learned to laugh despite all hatred that he had received. And that's amazing. So we must understand God is busy to fulfill his plans. In Luke chapter 22 verse 37, the Bible uh, is uh, giving us this word. And he was numbered with the transgressors. That's Jesus saying himself. And he was numbered with the transgressors. And I tell you, this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching its fulfillment. So Jesus knew exactly that he would be nailed to a cross next to criminals. And of course, he was crucified in the middle, so he was was deemed to be the chief criminal. So he was numbered under the transgressors, and yet he was the savior of mankind. This is wonderful. This is amazing. So God is not coming late. He's always ahead of us. Okay, He's always far ahead of us. And you know, as our theme for this year, God says my purpose will stand. What I have said, what I have promised, that I will do. Okay? So God has said many things in his word and has laid them down for us to to read about so that we know what is the plan of God for our lives. We should not be in limbo, we should not be in darkness whatsoever. In uh, Luke chapter 24, we read another word which I just want to quickly read because our time is running out. But let me just tell you, you know, this uh, wonderful meeting with two people, you know, Jesus met individuals after he was coming back from the dead, okay? He met uh, with the ladies, then he met with two individuals, the, the two Emma's uh, disciples, and then they were running back to tell their, their friends, and uh, they were barely back, and Jesus came to now the whole group. And he said to them, when they were now in this whole group as he arrived there, he said, peace be with you. Hey, this is powerful. Okay? Jesus said, peace be with you. And he says this to us as well in the book of Luke chapter 24, verse 36. But let me read from verse 44. The Bible says here, this is Jesus speaking. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything, okay, Listen here, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then you open their minds so that they, can, that they could understand Scripture. And you know, this is what we need today. We have to have an open mind to understand Scripture. There is so much hearsay, there is so much uh, you know, opinion of this or that, That is not important. You know, today we have got so many prophets who are prophesying their own ideas. You know, the prophets of God, they prophesied precisely and exactly the things that would happen because God gave them those revelations. And that's what we need today. So Jesus makes it very clear, you know, that he is fulfilling his plan. Now, we are still in this world. We are still in the time of grace. And maybe some people think, "Oh, okay, life has gone on for 2,000 years and not much has happened. Let me tell you, God will not come late. His kindness is amazing. Okay? In fact, the Bible says he is not delaying as we think as human beings he's delaying. Actually, no, he just wants everybody to have a chance to be turning from evil to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news. So remember, God did not leave anything to chance. He is the master planner, okay? He's the master planner of creation, of the universe, of mankind, of uh, every, every creature in this world, of all the vegetation in this world. He's the master planner, Okay? Our scientists are trying to go further and further, further into space. You know, people have been on the moon. Now people are on Mars, trying to find out—I mean, not human beings, but the uh, the, the, the machines we send there—they are now on Mars to try and dig, you know, and find solutions, answers, what may have happened there. When we don't even know much about who we are, okay? When we don't even know the deepest sea of this planet Earth, you know, there are not as researched as moon is researched or as mass is researched. Amazing, you know? We are supposed to research the plan of God for our life rather than wasting our time with digging on mass. But nevertheless, you know, the deeper we can see into the universe, the more amazing we are, the more amazed we are going to be and we are because of the things that we are seeing. The kind of pictures that the telescopes have brought us back from the deep space are mind-boggling, you know, amazing. And that shows us the greatness of God. You know, God is the one who created all these things. So all scripture, all scripture testifies about the plan of God. He knows the end from the very beginning. That's why he can give us prophecy about the end times, about the final stretch, because he's the one who has created everything. He's God, he's omnipresence, that means he can be at the beginning, he can be at the end, he can be somewhere in between. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And that's why when we turn to him, we get answers. Okay? Our free and potentially destructive will did not hinder God to carry out his plan of love for all of us. You know, God lifted us on the same elevation with himself. And that is really the plan of God. And and that is what I want everybody to catch. God created us so that we are able to stand with him. That's why when we believe in his son, then we have the right to be called children of God. Amen? When we follow him, you know, when we are... Uh, Growing up as children, then we become sons of the living God. And we are supposed to become mature just like Christ is mature and reach the full height of the nature of Christ. That is the plan of God. So God wants us to live on the same elevation with God himself. No other creature can ever do that, but he created us in his own likeness, in his own image. So darkness, death, and evil will never succeed. You know, most of the people think this is the end. No, this is not the end. This is just the end of a chapter, okay? And then a new chapter begins. And we need to realize that we cannot just close the book because we think the book is closed. No, there's another book, okay? Or there's another chapter, whatever you call it, because God is fully in control. The Bible says those who will believe are going to be purified, okay? Daniel had some limitations of understanding. Just like all of us, we have limitations of understanding. You know, God sometimes says things to you and you don't get it. You know, I've heard a lot of things when I look back in my life since I gave my life to the Lord when I was 17 years of age. You know, sometimes I thought I know everything. And then I realized I know nothing. Okay. I, I, I heard things that I just couldn't put into the into the grit, you know, I couldn't understand. How how to, how do I understand these things? But the Bible tells us that those who believe, okay, they will be able to understand what it means. Let me read this again what God said to, to Daniel. Many will be purified cleansed and refined even so there are trials okay yes we are going through trials we are going through hardships we are going through challenges in our life but those challenges those hardships are just meant to purify us to cleanse us to refine us to make us more valuable than gold as we read in the book of job that's amazing so don't don't cry foul when things are hard Just understand God has a plan. He's refining you. He's making you more valuable. He's having a good plan for your life. And do not give up along the way. So the climax of God's plan is our union in him. That we all come together. And you know, this is what we have read in the beginning in the book of Ephesians. The Bible says, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will, his plan regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is his plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and everything on earth. We will have union with God, our Father, with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus. And we are On the same level with Christ, who is the son of the living God, the Bible says we are joint heirs with Christ. You know, everything the Bible tells us has been given into the hands of the Lord Jesus. He has been given a glorious inheritance. But Jesus says, I'm not going to keep this inheritance to myself. It is just just too great. I'm going to share it with all those who are mine. All those who trust me. All those who believe in me. All those who walk with me. And so, brothers and sisters, all of us, we are called to join Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, being united with God. And you know what? We have not completely seen finished by faith. We already live it. Okay, We already have union with our Lord Jesus, with our Father in heaven. The Holy Spirit is with us. And Jesus said, I'm, not, I'm sending you another counselor who will be with you forever. So he's here. Okay, that is the good news, and so I want to encourage all of us, you know, that we must see the plans of God. You know, when you read the Bible, don't just read it, you know, because uh, you have a reading plan uh, for devotion and you read some few verses and then you close it again and says, "Oh yeah, it was nice." No, always when you read the Bible, try to see the deeper revelations of the plan of God, because God is doing nothing. Unless he reveals it to his servants. That's the, the, the word that Bible, the Bible tells us in the book of Amos. So God reveals to us his plans. Just like I have laid out the plan of God to you today. You know, the things that have happened in the life of Christ, the things that are happening in your life and in my life, the things that we are going through and sometimes we are panicking and says, how are we going to come through this? How are we getting out of this situation? You know, God has a plan. Let the plan of God work in your life. Put all of your anxiety, put all of your fears, put all of your trouble into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ and let him deal with it. We could not deal with our sin, neither can we deal with many of the challenges that are coming to our lives, but he can. And you know, this is the reason why he came, so that he can deal with the challenges that we are facing in our life. May God bless his word. Amen. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for your kindness, for your love. Lord, you didn't just create us and then walk away from us and forget about us, but you created us and you care for us Every moment in our life. Lord, you tell us that you cannot forget about us. You are like a mother who is always concerned about your child. And even if a mother could forget about her child, you cannot. So Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have your hands over our lives to protect us. bring us through even the most challenging times in our lives. Lord, I pray that whatever we are facing today in our individual lives or in our lives as a family in our lives as a nation in our life as as a corporate body Lord, we pray that you bring us through gloriously and victoriously. We thank you Lord Jesus for your loving kindness that never runs out. To you be the glory and the honor. We are so grateful, Lord, for the many things that you have revealed to us today, that things are not happening by accident, but, Lord, that you have a plan and that your plan will be fulfilled according to what you have said, according to what you have laid down long before this world began. So, Lord, we give you praise, we honor you, we thank you. You be the glory, the honor, and the praise. And everyone say, Amen. 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 Amen.